0: Yo, what's up, everybody? It's your girl Anaya here, and we are back with another episode of the Erongster Podcast. I have an extremely special guest. I'm super excited about this episode because I think this person has an amazing story um, that needs to be told and most importantly heard. So I'm gonna let him introduce himself. But it's Taylon. So thank you for hopping on the podcast. I appreciate you.
1: Appreciate you giving me this opportunity to get on. So, like she said, my name is Taylon. Um, originally from DC. Um, lived there till I was five, six years old, moved to Flint, Michigan and moved down to South Carolina. So I've really been all over, um, you know, started my journey in college. Well, I actually, I got to backtrack. So I played football my whole life. Okay. Know? Started playing football when I was three years old, got to high school, stopped and was like, you know, everybody tried to take trace, their hoop dreams. So I was mm-hmm. like, that was me. I was like, I'm about to be a hooper. Thought I was going to be six, eight and turn <laughs> out that way, you know? God stopped me at six feet and was like, "That's it." Um, so I got into my senior year of high school and was just like, "When the opportunity to play college sports, start playing football again." Um, went to a small NAIA school, eight hundred people there, and just was like, "My situation there was a lot different than mm-hmm. your average college student." I was actually working, playing football, and going to school,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, which was crazy. Lived in the hood, um, would go literally like five, six days without any food sometimes and yeah it was just like this wasn't the situation i wanted to be in Mm -hmm. so really decided you know like took that leap of faith um that summer and was like i'm gonna transfer here
2: Mm -hmm. um
1: wanted to change my major they didn't have my major it was kind of like everything was like red red flag go ahead and transfer yeah so you know decided to make that decision and you know that's how you kind of heard my story you know yeah so so
0: one thing, like I like I said, for everybody listening, amazing story. We're gonna get in depth about the journey and and what you've been through and this little special guest we got here on the podcast too. Um so yeah, but something that I do, like like I said, I started the podcast just coming out of something, wanting to network within sports. That's what I want to do. And um, most importantly, I think visibility is important, right? And so for me, like listening to podcasts, I don't know if you watch like I Am Athlete or All the Smoke or whatever, like I love them but a lot of the times we don't see females or women with the podcast and most importantly I didn't see anybody my age um and me trying to pave that way into the industry I think it's important to see people who look just like you who you know you know are doing what you want to do so mm-hmm. with every episode I'm always highlighting a woman in sports and just really bringing light to that just to show my audience like hey we're more than capable you know of being great so today um really just highlighting women playing volleyball in college but mostly <coughs> ESPN Bless you. um so they basically recently decided to showcase the entire NCAA division one women's volleyball championship for the first time ever in history and um just want to shout them out because I think that's amazing and there's a difference from inclusion and having a team but also visibility like it's important for people to see uh so definitely wanted to just bring that to light and highlight that but we got to get into your story, man. It's so much and it's so in-depth. And you just talked about yourself a little bit. And I know we can get a lot of nuggets from the things that you said. But for intro of yourself in a more in-depth way for listeners to understand who you are, could you sum yourself up in three values?
1: Mm, three values. Um, family, that's number one. Obviously, my daughter sitting here with me. Um, unity. Um, cause I think it's important to be unified. Even just like you talk about sports is for, for achieving a goal, you know, unity is important, yeah, um, family one. unity is important. Um, and the third one would be selflessness. Cause that's, mm-hmm. that's really like something I've always strived to be in. Even just why I start opening up by sharing my story, cause I used to not talk about like stuff I've went through, you know, Mm -hmm. just that's, that's the typical black person to be honest with you. Yeah. You know, you look at that's in our culture. We don't like being open and sharing, but I realized that sometimes sharing your story is what could change somebody else and inspire somebody else to get through their situation. So.
0: I definitely agree. I love those three. So we got selflessness, unity, and family. Um, And just speaking on all of those things, pulling them together as a person, I've seen you on the football team before and you know really didn't know your story in depth and recently you got some amazing news um and we got they got your reaction on camera with the team so your coach is calling y'all down know what y'all on the team mean, and basically you were awarded the opportunity to get on scholarship for the football team so I know that we saw the video but my listeners may not have saw so just really describe that moment to me because I know you didn't know what was happening he called for y'all down and y'all like what's going on so just talk to me about you know hearing that and really what your reaction was
1: yeah so it's it's actually funny you know he called all four of us down um we just had a long day of practice you know legs sore come yeah. down and he talking about we're gonna go through this tackling drill i'm like man he about to have us tackling in the middle <laughs> room you know like we ain't got no pads on like we went through a full day of practice so i'm like all right whatever we got to do you know yeah I And mean? so, um, we line up and then like Honestly, all four of us, like, we we all four, as we talked to any of us, we were like, we had no idea that's where it was about to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really thought we were going to go through the drill. So, you know, that's just a testament to who he is to really, like, surprise us like that. You know what I mean? And um, just give us the opportunity. So, like, when he said it, like, if y'all see, I was standing there still in shock. Like, I didn't yeah. realize he really just said, like, he put us on scholarship because that was something that I prayed for and been working for for three years, you know. So, like, to get that opportunity, it was just amazing. Um, and especially like my brother, I don't know if you you know uh, Tony Adams. Um, yeah, I do know
0: Tony. Yeah,
1: yeah. So me and Tony, we talked about that. Like we used, we really talked about it all the time. Like that's my boy mm-hmm. for real. Like that's my brother. Um, but in January, this January, um, got into school, realized my my school bill. I had a ten thousand dollars school, but I wasn't gonna be able to pay. I was like, if I don't get on scholarship by the end of this semester, I'm gonna have to drop out. You know, like ain't no way I'm gonna keep be able to keep wow. doing this. So and look was at like, God coming through man, man. <laughs> that's what i'm saying like he just put people in 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 place you know what i mean and he looked at me it was like bro like don't even think like that like we're gonna get you that scholarship so it was like as soon as he said it he was the first person ran up hugged me and we just you know like that was just a special moment for both of us you know like yeah that's that's what i mean like family that, that's family you know what i mean and be able to like share that with him so
0: i know i can only imagine just having those situations where like we're gonna dive into this further but Three years of really playing for one thing. And you know, Mm -hmm. it really just for me, your story is a testament of trust the process, right? And just Mm -hmm. to not give up and just to continue to push through and trust yourself and trust your instinct and trust what you're putting in too. But two, for me, it's also not shocking because you've put the work in, but I think it speaks to the coach's character because you gotta realize, like lovey was just let go, you know, and for this to be a new coach to come into a new culture, you know what I'm saying? And he Mm -hmm. just just building relationships with y'all season hasn't even started Y'all just had a scrimmage as of yesterday how you know how does that build your respect for him as an individual because you haven't you know you didn't bring me on the team when i was a walk-on you haven't seen me for three years and the work i've put in you've seen me for a couple couple months right and to see like the work you put in and to really like be a part of that talk to me about how it is building that relationship with someone new and just having them reward you and gratify you like
1: that well I definitely appreciate it like shout out to coach B like <laughs> he, he don't even know how much he really just changed my life and you know just just put me on that like gave me confidence in myself you know what I mean it really like when you going through something like that for three years and it's like especially being a walk-on sometimes like you really sometimes you got people that, that really talk to you crazy and treat you
0: there yeah you. look at it. she's talking down.
1: yeah she wants she wants to share her story too we'll, we'll get to you in a little bit <laughs> but um just really just like you know it, it breaks you down mentally sometimes and emotionally because it's like you feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel so mm-hmm. for him to come in and just be like be open-minded really like looking to see who can I reward you know and he's out, also has a walk-on background as well mm. um come from the University of Iowa so you know it was definitely like Super appreciative and dope for him to like be looking to give scholarships to people that earned it. So yeah, you know, I just really appreciate him for real.
0: That's amazing. And I just think that's so great too because you have a lot of people who have the potential to be a part of a, a D1 team or whatever. And a lot of people just don't give them the opportunity because hey, we didn't see you recruiting, you know, so mm-hmm. you weren't a scholarship here. So I think that's amazing. But let's backtrack, man. It's so much we talking about, and now we're at the end of the tunnel and we're, we're just at the part where the rewards have come, where you're on scholarship, but you got a long story and a long road of three years of everything that really just built up to this point. Talk to me about, you had hoop dreams, first of all. Mm-hmm.
2: So, you know,
0: I was just reading more up on your story and you just basically talked about, Hey, I, hoop. I thought this is what I was going to do. They was trying to convince me to get on a football team. I was like, no, and luckily, I just gave it a try for a year or two and got a scholarship in Missouri Baptist University in St. Louis. Um, so really talk to me about what your experience was there. Like, why did you choose to go there for football?
1: Yeah, so um, like I said, I, I didn't play at all in high school. So those are like three key years of recruiting, going to camps. Like, you miss out on a lot when you don't play your freshman, sophomore, junior year. Um, so going into my senior year like that, junior spring going into my senior year that's that was the first time I stepped on the football field
0: wow like, since that's amazing. since
1: eighth grade so yeah it's crazy and um going there I actually went there because that was the only school that recruited me for a long time I didn't. they they talked to me in December uh that year uh, 2016 and then offered me a scholarship January like 28th and I didn't okay. hear from any other schools like I was sending my tape out didn't hear from any other schools signed my letter um being being young you know wanting to rush like everybody signed their letters oh I want to sign my letter too
2: yeah I'm
1: signed my letter and then afterwards I actually that's when a lot of schools start calling because now they're starting to see my tape they offered out all the scholarships that they wanted and now they're looking for those pieces that maybe maybe we didn't see them before you know yeah Um, but I didn't I didn't know that's how the game worked so Mm -hmm. ended up signing my letter extremely early and you know, potentially missed out on opportunities. I I really don't view it as I missed out on opportunities because yeah. you know, like it worked out for the better. Um, but like had a lot of D two schools calling, a lot of, um, JUCO's calling. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, chose that path just because that was they they were the ones that were rocking with me, um, yeah. from the jump. You know, first school to come, first school to put the money on, um, first school to bring me on a visit. Really like. They, they seemed like they really believed in me, you know, and the best player at their university is who they brought me there to replace. Wow. You know, they kind of were like, this is who we want you to learn from. And as soon as he graduates, you're taking his spot. But got there and actually they were like, all right, we're going to move his position. We're going to start you. Um, So it was, it was dope, you know, going there. Um, They actually ended up getting benched because they they figured out I was planning on possibly transferring <laughs> Um, just because I, I wasn't happy um mm-hmm. like I said I was in a situation where I was wasn't living on campus I was living 30 minutes from campus living in the hood um was living with three other dudes it was cool like those were my boys but um just our situation wasn't good you know yeah. and none of us were happy we were all like this ain't where we wanted to be that's not what we thought college football was gonna be being a college athlete that's not what we expected you know um and I was like I know I didn't come to college to work play football and go to school I came here to play play football and go to school, you know. Yeah. Um and it was I shouldn't be having to work minimum wage and making decisions if I'm going to put gas in the car to get to class or I'm going to get food today. You know, that's not Wow. You know, that's not that's not a decision you should be making, especially not 18 years old and it's like I realized for me in that moment I had a decision to make was I going to call home and be like, "Hey, like mom, dad, I need help or like kind of learn, learn from it and figure out how I could get through, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. I figured out what I could do to try to put myself in a better situation. And then um, finally made a decision. I was like, I'm, I'm, I got to transfer. I can't do this no more.
0: Yeah. And and what I think what resonates with me so much is a lot of people have misconceptions of the how glamorous being a yeah. student athlete is and you can attest to that because you've been at the bottom of the totem pole at a d3 school you know and mm. then now you're at a d1 school so for those who just don't really know the d3 experience most importantly talk to me about just what that is and then you know comparing that to your expectations what were the differences
1: yeah so i actually was NAI. it was actually below d3 which okay is, yeah so um that that experience you basically like you work in two full-time jobs being a student and being an athlete right like you're always up there for meetings you're always up there for weights you're always at practice something like football is like 40 hours a week then you get class which is another like 20 hours because you got study go to class all these different things and then you know like working a part-time job it was like I really wasn't sleeping all right, wow. so it's it, it's crazy, you know. Um, for for those people out there that think being an athlete is not a job, uh, I would love for you to go try it, you know, <laughs> in some capacity. Just just look, wake up in the morning five a.m., you know, do something for two and a half hours, three hours, and then go go spend two hours doing what you want to do, and then you got to come back, go to go go to workouts or something. You know what I mean, like yeah it's a full-time job every day you're gonna be there at least six seven hours so yeah that's um,
0: that's that's crazy and I think a lot of people just don't really understand it who have never been an athlete before too mm-hmm. like I mean I can't relate to you because I ain't an athlete in college but I wasn't in high yeah. school so just knowing what it takes and yeah. the dynamics of a uh, team you talking huh
1: yeah she be, <laughs> she loved
0: talking <laughs> um, oh she's
1: sure, only six months
0: that's crazy she's so cute but- <laughs> thank you you decided to transfer. You was like, hey, hey, I'm not going to call mom or dad. I'm going to get up out of this situation. I'm going to really figure out mm-hmm. how can I be resourceful for myself, right, and just be mm-hmm. really a test of pushing through adversity, in my opinion. Why UIUC? I know we had your major and all of these things, but you couldn't decide on any other school. Why come from St. Louis to UIUC?
1: Yeah, so growing up, I was a big Michigan State fan, always wanted to play in the big Ten. Um and when I just looked at the program, so Michigan State was one of the schools I did look at, but the kinesiology program here was still, like, unmatched. Like,
2: mm-hmm. any
1: school in the Big Ten, No, nobody was even touching. It. So um, I really just prayed about it, and I really felt like God was telling me come here. And I was like, all right, if you're telling me come here, you know, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go ahead and take that leap. Mm-hmm. Um, still was like, mm I'm gonna work to get here, but I'm still gonna put them fillers out to other schools. So I was still I would wake up at 6 a.m. since send, send my tape out the I had like a list of I, I wanna say it was like at least 60 schools. Mm. That's email, 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 email. Like top of same the morning, email That's day. gonna be the
0: top on their inbox.
1: Yep. As soon as <laughs> they woke up and, and clicked the thing, my email was gonna be the first one they saw. So
0: yeah.
1: Um that, that was my 6 a.m. routine. Every day I'll take i take me about 40, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um but it was just like, you know, even though I, it, it's crazy, they weren't answering my calls for real. They answer my calls here sometimes. Um, no about no email responses, um, but they accidentally sent me one email that, and that was to give me the camp dates. And that's all I needed. It was like God was like, I'm telling you when to go. And wow. so I was like, all right, <laughs> you that you gave me the information, I'm leaving. So it was like a week before um, that happened, like a week and a half before. So a week before I left, I told my parents, yeah, I'm packing up my stuff. I'm about to leave. So I still had my apartment in St. Louis. And my parents was like, what you mean? I was like, yeah, I'm about to, I'm leaving. And I'm about to go to St. Louis and I'm packing up my apartment. and I'm going to Illinois. It was like, you ain't got nowhere to stay yet. I was like, so I told them, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna just get an Airbnb. So I did book one for the first night, but I I knew how much money I had saved up. And I didn't know how long it was going to be for I was going to be able to get a, another place to stay so yeah went to st louis stayed there for a couple of days and then like packed up all my stuff and left so like when i literally i got here i literally had everything in my car like i had bungee cord bungee ropes in there trying to keep everything down so i can yeah. see out the back window i had a, a 2005 jaguar x-type so it was kind of a small car i packed everything i condensed took literally before i left took a bunch of stuff to goodwill in st louis mm-hmm. and was like all right this is what i need and I don't need nothing else and just left. And I was wow. like, my old roommate, I was like, anything in there that you want, you got.
0: Mm-hmm. So I had and
1: everything it, in the car.
0: And for it me, the lesson up. in that too is really just having faith, right? You just mm-hmm. got it. I'm giving up my apartment. I'm giving up school. I'm giving up everything to be in a car. And I really don't know what's going to come from this and what the possibility will come from this. Like, you know what it will be. For mm-hmm. those people right now who, I would say are fearful of making the decision that they know they should make. You know, you know how you know you should do something, but you're scared because mm-hmm. you just scared of change and scared of what it would be. What would your advice be to those individuals?
1: I'll say the biggest thing, so sort the of, a lot of people they they tell you be fearless. And I think that's stupid. Cause honestly, you're you're gonna have fear. That's mm-hmm. you, you're human. You know, that's that's something that's not gonna go away. But like the true testament of like being courageous having faith is understanding that. Yes, things might not go exactly how planned, but if this is something that is meant to be that it's going to happen how it's supposed to, as long as I I have the faith, and I put the work in, you know what I mean? And that's the two things like you got you can't just have the faith, you have to also put the work in, like even the Bible says that faith without works is dead. So you can't have one without the other, you can't have the work and not the faith and the faith without the work, you got to have both. So I would think that that would be my biggest thing just but take the step, like, don't hesitate. not hesitate because if you hesitate then it's gonna be given to somebody else
0: that's amazing that's some great advice and you got here and you were you were fearful a little bit but you walked by faith right and you took the step Mm -hmm. you got here i'm reading on your story and man you were sleeping in your car your family Mm -hmm. didn't know um and just talk about these sacrifices you had to make because how how soon did you get here before the camp started
1: I want to say I got here, it was like two or three weeks before. I can't remember the exact date. Mm. I, I want to say it was like two or three weeks before, though. Um, With or like two and, and a stay. half weeks. Nowhere to stay. I had an Airbnb the first night. Left the Airbnb, stayed in my car some nights. And then booked the Airbnb. And like the last couple of days, I booked it. Um, I actually met the owner at the Airbnb. It was at, it was at one of the frat houses here. Um, okay. He was the old, he was the frat owner. Um, His like chapter had got he kept closed them down and he was like renovating it because he was going to rent it out to a new frat and um I actually was in there like I met him was just talking to him talking about trying for the football team um he was a photographer at the university um like he learned a lot about him his name was Brad great dude um and he was like you know if you you're willing to help me clean up and do some things around here you know you can get a couple extra nights for free so I was like, All right, wow. I'm cool with that. So I was helping them hang the hinges on doors, like I did stuff <laughs> I ain't ever did. We was hanging yeah. the doors, sawing <laughs> the doors, um, handyman. The, yeah, literally. So you know, I was it was cool. It was cool to you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then um, got my friend Deontay Cox his number and just called him and he was like, Yeah, bro, you can come stay with me. Like it ain't a no problem. So I had, I was able to stay with him the remaining month from that. Basically, it was like the beginning of August like I want to say August 3rd until August 23rd when I was able to move into the dorms so
0: wow and so for me too I know that like you you've been through a lot right and just not knowing where to sleep etc and something that was just so amazing that stood out to me was the fact that you used to sleep in a parking lot with your car across from like Grange Grove or where they would train at and at six o'clock you'd be there warming up (laughs) before the team got there for Uh you know their um workouts talk to me about how did you like because I know there are a lot of people who wonder okay what is it like being a walk-on what do I have to do like how do I even get in touch with these coaches you know you got the accidental email you went out there before them at 6 a.m and you're working out and you got the team coming up you don't even know these guys you got coaches and they probably like who who is this on the field how do you introduce yourself like did they notice you did they pay attention to you like how does that go
1: uh, so I actually went up in the office before any of this, like my first day on campus. I just walked up in the office. Um <laughs> you know, man. You around. said,
0: Hey, y'all gonna see me.
1: Hey, look, I was <laughs> I wanted an opportunity, you know. Like when you're looking for an opportunity, you'll do whatever it takes, especially mm-hmm. when you feel like this is where you're supposed to be. And went in the office. Um, actually a janitor let me in the building. Wow. And one of the janitors just I was walking up. I said, Do you know where the, the football office is? He's like, yeah, the door is locked. And he was like, you a player? I was like, no, sir. I was like, I'm trying to get information on um, trial for the team. He's like, oh, yeah, follow me. So he went, unlocked the door for me and let wow. me in the building. So I walked up there. um, And at first, they all was looking at me like, who is this dude in the office? <laughs> I went, and there was there was a cornerback coach here at the time. Talked to him. And I could kind of tell he was like, yeah, get out the office. Like, he just was giving me that vibe. Like, he really didn't want to talk. It was being real short. Um, he was kind of, I was like, when's, when's uh, practice supposed to be when I try out? He was like, yeah, you got to wait till this guy gets here. Um, and I was like, well, when's he going to be here? He's like, oh, well, I'll, I'll text him, you know, and texting him. I was there for like 30 minutes and then guy comes and he was like, yeah, you can't do anything until the 27th. And I was like, I can't come to practice or anything. He's like, nah, you can't come, come to August 27th. And I was like, yo, like, I ain't got nowhere to stay. He was like, I'm sorry, like you can't come to the 27. So I was like, man, so I walked downstairs and I was actually about to leave. Mm. And then I was just thinking about like all that, all that work. I went through that summer, everything I I sacrificed that summer and working those two jobs, you know, getting up for at at 6am every day and only sleeping two hours, just like all the work I put in. And I just called my trainer and that I, I was working out with and I was like, look, so this was going on. And everything I was thinking already, he started literally saying, he was like, yo, you work too hard, like, go back up there. It's like, you you, you told me that this is what you wanted and you worked too hard for this, you prayed for this. Like, nah, bro, go back up there. So I was like, all right, yeah, you right. You know what I'm saying? You right, let me (laughs) go back up there. So I went up there, I was like, look, yo, like, I ain't got nowhere to go. I'm not leaving. Like, all I'm asking for is opportunity. And so now the whole coaching staff and like GAs, all the coaches standing out there. I'm like, I done drove 16 and a half hours to get here. I was like, I'm not. I'm not going nowhere. Like, I just want to know when I can try it out. That's all I care about. Like, can I come to practice? You know, like I'm not asking for a scholarship, nothing. I just want an opportunity. And literally, like, I'm sitting there, all these people looking at me and I'm I'm starting to doubt myself now. I'm like, God, like, did you really tell me to come here or did I want to come here? You mm. know what I mean? And right at that moment, two things happen. This man walks in the room and at the same time he walks in the room. The verse pops up on my phone, Mark 11 24. Therefore, I'll tell you whatever. Believe that you have received it and it will be yours. As yeah. soon as that pops up, I read that. He walks in, he's like, what's going on? And so, there was like, yeah, go talk to him. So, I go talk to him. And this man is like, he's like, let me see a tape. Show him my tape. He's like, all right, you can play. He's like, how tall are you? I told him. How fast are you? I told him. He was like, we ain't got no walk-ons that look, at, look like you. So, he was like, all I'm going to say is, you know, like, come to practice every day they tell you to leave tell him i told you to be there and he was like these are the times practice is." um and then he he was like where'd you come from and i told him with school and that's why i actually got my boy's number um he was like Here, here's Deontay's number call him see if you can stay with him and it was just I like know. you know like right at that moment just keeping that faith you know what i mean like even though i had that that small doubt still like it was like god just reminded me like i got you and then mm-hmm. sent him in there and then you know, that man, like, told me the to, to practice schedule and everything. So I showed up every day.
0: That's amazing, bro. That's amazing. And to come out there and just to learn, like, how to trust yourself. And so what mm-hmm. people don't understand is you went through all of this just to get, get into practice, bro. Just to get into practice. You get into mm-hmm. practices. You finally become a walk-on. 2018, 2019, you ain't getting a lot of time. Mm-hmm. You're not on scholarship. You still got to pay for school. How mm-hmm. do you remain persistent even when you're going through seasons where, I mean, honestly, if we being real, football team wasn't doing well and you probably was in your mind like, man, I could be out there contributing or I could be out there helping. How do you just be like, hey, be humble. Thank you for the opportunity. And i am uh-huh. just continue to just stay here even if I'm not getting time and I just know it's going to work out.
1: I honestly it's there's so many days it was hard. Like there's so many days I, I was like, man, bump this. Like I'm tired. I want to quit. Yeah. Um but it was just, I don't know, it was just I always had that reminder, like God told me this. Like, he told me this. Like I prayed for three things, you know what I mean? I yeah. prayed to give me a school, give me on a team, and for a scholarship. And he told me he was gonna give me all three. And I got two of them. Like it's gonna come. I, I just had that faith. I was like, it's gonna come. And Going into this spring, I really was just kind of like, you know, I'm not going to stress about it. not (laughs) going
0: (laughs) to... It's her time to shine.
1: Man, she she wanted to tell her story so bad. Um, Going into this spring, I really wasn't... (laughs) I really wasn't thinking about, like, trying to earn a scholarship. I was like, my mindset was more like, man, this might be my last time, you know? So I was really just focused on just giving everything i had every day you know and yes. i think that was the biggest thing for me the biggest difference before i was so focused on trying to get it instead of just focusing on like thank you god for this opportunity like this is something that can be taken away from me at any moment you know yeah and when i when i shifted my focus from like god i know you got you got it under control let me just play football and have fun and be thankful for this opportunity every day that's when like that it it was given you know like it was finally like and i think that was what i was missing the the last couple of years and i think it possibly you know i don't know maybe that there was a lesson that was god was trying to teach me in the process you know yeah. and it was like i trusted him but did i trust him all the way and it was like i feel like i didn't because i was still every day waking up like man i gotta get this scholarship gotta get this scholarship gotta you know instead of just man have fun and play football like
2: yeah he
1: told he told you he got you Trust them, you know what I mean, and that, I, that was the part where, like I say, like you got faith and you got work, but they gotta go together. And I, I think I got in a point at times where I was more focused on work and I, I stopped having faith sometimes. Like mm. I thought I had it in control and it's not in my control. You know, yeah.
0: that makes a lot of sense. And I think the key thing that I've really just gathered from what you said in that statement was always keep your why close. Always mm. keep your reasoning for why you came close, because. You gonna face a lot of trials and tribulations, but always remember why did I come here, and that's gonna always keep you centered and balanced. You know, to stay where you were intended to be. I think that's amazing, and something that I just admire about your story because this is amazing. But on top of that, you're more than an athlete, and I think. A lot of the times there's a stereotype and there's some truth and there's some false in this, but that athletes, you know, don't know how to be anything more than athletes, you know, or a lot of students come to universities to hoop, play basketball, gymnastics, whatever, play volleyball. And they're so focused on the sports that they ain't worried about getting a degree or they're not even worried about actually, you know, really having a major that's focused in on something that they want to do. A lot of athletes don't know what they want to do. And mm-hmm. you talked about one of your biggest reasons coming here. You didn't mention anything about football. What you told me was kinesiology. And so how did, you know, I, I want to talk about the start of where oh, that was still within God. you, where education was just extremely important, um, you know, for you and and just building upon that. How do you balance all of that and make sure that school is still number one, too?
1: So I'm going I'm to be up front. Because there's gonna be people that listen to this podcast. My mom, you know, she might hear this. She'll yeah. be lying if I'm just like, I love school. So first day of <laughs> kindergarten, I actually came home, told my parents I hate school.
0: No, and to not this to this day,
1: first day of kindergarten, <laughs> to this day, I promise you that's that statement still holds true. But what I realized is if I wanna get further in life, that this is something that is necessary. Right. And it's like me personally, like I don't plan on working for anybody past like when I maybe an internship or, you know, playing football. Like, other than that, I want to be self-employed. I want to work for myself and do things for myself. And I've always had that mindset of like being self-driven and and wanting to be able to support myself and take care of my family on my own, not relying on somebody else to do it, you know? But understanding that, like, even to get in certain arenas, even with me being, I could be an entrepreneur, but just to get into some arenas, like, You need a college degree. You know what I mean, like
0: definitely. You need to have at
1: least the bachelor's, like just to get into some doors, like just just that simple degree, that piece piece of paper. Like I got, it gives you,
0: it gives you so much credibility and validation for people in right,
1: right. And it's like for me, that degree I got, I got literally have it. It is in like a box. It ain't hanging up nowhere. Like to me, it holds no value. You know, but somebody to them it does and that's why i was like i gotta keep pushing through i gotta finish
2: mm. and
1: it was like it's something that i started so i was like i gotta see it through and mm-hmm. so now like I, i'm trying to get into the master's program for finance and okay because i, I want to financially educate people and that's something that you don't need a degree for you can you can literally go get your license for and. You know what I mean? I could become a financial advisor if I wanted to just by going to get a license. But mm-hmm. I realized just having that master's in finance behind it, like master's in finance and also having the licensing, people are just going to look at it different, you know? Yeah. So
0: and speaking I think of it's, finance, it's important
1: just to do that as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Speaking of finance, though, too, like, literally, like I said, more than an athlete, literally the epitome of that, got your degree. Also, you talked about self-employment and being an owner and you talked about finance outside of being the owner of Rise, which is your, you know, own clothing line, Rise in Silence every day, which I think the motto is amazing. You also are the co-owner of Learning Curve LLC. Um, and just viewing the Instagram and viewing the content you all put out is really just about financial literacy, making sure that you're putting that across. What's the NFTS? What is a stock? What's a bond? What's this? What's that? How did that come about for you? And and why are you so passionate about financial literacy?
1: Yeah, so it actually came about like, kind of going looking back at my story. So I grew up in a two parent household, Mm -hmm. but still even coming out of high school, like me and my parents, when I got a credit card a year and a half ago, I was like, yeah, I need to open up a credit account. We had a whole debate about it. Mm-hmm. And I had zero knowledge about credit because they didn't teach me. Wow. I knew zero knowledge about taxes because they didn't really teach us that stuff. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. Looking at like minority communities, that's just something that you're not really taught. And I went and sought the knowledge out for myself and went and tried to experience it. And you know, like I was in a situation, like I said, my, my freshman year where I had a job, but because I was making minimum wage, I, I had to make a decision, gas or food. And It's like, there's a lot of people on a day-to-day basis that are in the situation that I'm in now, where they have children and they have to make those decisions, you know? And it's like, yeah, yeah but it doesn't always have to be like that. Like some of them don't make enough money to, to support their families and themselves, but some yeah. of them do, you know, they do mm-hmm. have, make the the money but they don't have the knowledge to take that and and turn it into more and so they become reliant on their job to take care of their family you know and it's like if if my mom's sick they can't even take off work to go take care of their mom because their job won't let them right and my goal is really to one first show people that i can do it and Mm -hmm. then go teach them how to do it as well to, to make your money work for you and not rely on somebody else to take care of your family where you can do it yourself. but you don't have to go to somebody and be like, "Hey, can I take off work?" Like you can go. You can go into your job with the confidence that I do not need this job. Like you know, some people say that, but like you really do need it. Need don't, it don't lie yeah. to yourself. You know <laughs> what I mean? They be like, "I don't need this job," but if you quit right now, how you gonna pay your car? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But really going in and like, I don't need this job. I'm just using this job to like fund my other things. That's literally what this is. This is like a like a fundraiser essentially, you know what I mean? Like that should be people's like mindset when they're going into work. Like I I don't need this. And then when you're more comfortable with that, you'll go do do things that you actually love, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like the one thing you can't ever get back is time. And that's my biggest thing. Like I, having a daughter, like I want to be able to spend time with her, you know? And other people want that same thing, but they don't know how you, how do you do that? You have to, be smart with your finances you know Mm -hmm. so it's like that's that's where the idea this really came from and just wanting to be able to help change people's situation financially like i'm doing it with myself and want to help other people do the same
0: I think that's amazing because I will say like even before coming to school like my mom is into banking so mortgages and all of those things I just hear in a casual conversation but if she didn't mm-hmm. work in that, do I think I would have heard these conversations no because all of the things that I know I've never learned outside of her right we didn't learn it from school it's not in our communities like they try right. to strip our communities of these resources into learn and so mm-hmm. I think it's so important too because now I'm realizing like generational wealth and a lot of the times what we don't understand is like we look at all of these people we idolize like braun or diddy or whoever in the black community and kevin hart whatever one thing that i heard and somebody said was the goal is not to just have a store it's to build a mall Mm -hmm. so really just having like chains of different things or different avenues you know who, who owns them all? We don't know who owned North mm-hmm. from side of Chicago or wherever, but we do know that whoever owns it is making money and they're not even doing anything, you know? Right. And so that's definitely the goal and the key. And I, I commend you first of all for taking that initiative and just wanting to educate those in your community. Um, people who look like you, that's amazing. Um, and also last thing, owner of rise, like I said, for the listeners rise in silence every day that right there says a lot itself but tell me where you came up with that from and and really what does this clothing line mean to you
1: yeah so that literally the clothing line is my story um like from the T, like all the way down to when it was started it was actually started at the same time I was I when I came home from school that that year and I was like I'm going to transfer that is when I started the clothing brand that was like the The name like rise had been like in my mind. I I literally wrote it down in notebook back in like 2014, sophomore high school. Didn't act on it at all. Didn't do nothing with it. I was like, all right, you know, that's cool phrase. I ain't doing. It It don't really mean much to me at the time. But then like going in and going to that school and experience what I experienced when I came home. Um, I was like, I want to change my life. And so first thing I did, um, went got my hair locked and then. Was like started a clothing brand the next day, and so wow. it was like that's how it really just came from that. It was like I knew like I was gonna act on my faith, and I didn't literally didn't tell anybody what I was doing. I told my parents because they needed to know. But other than that, like it wasn't I wasn't going around like hey I'm about to go do this. I was like nah, like, I have a goal and I'm going to go to achieve it. And whether you with me or not, like you're gonna see it when I get there, you know. Versus me like telling you. Telling everybody, hey, I'm about to go do this, and now you have all this pressure and all these eyes on you, like just acting, moving, silence. You know,
0: I love that rise and silence every day. I love that. I think that is amazing. Um, I'll definitely tag it and put it, put the bio in the link so everybody, if you're listening, you can definitely check it out, um, learn about financial literacy with Learning Curve, and most importantly, go hit up Rise and go get your clothing. Um, that's amazing, and I just want to close it out too. Today we're speaking is April twentieth. Yesterday you all had your first spring scrimmage. Um, new coaching staff, huge adjustment for all players, um, and huge year for you. What should we be looking for from you? What should we be looking for from this new DB that's on scholarship? And what should we be looking for from our team?
1: Um, well, I'm not gonna speak too much on it, but okay, definitely tune in this season and you'll everybody you'll see for yourselves. You know,
0: I like that. Let the work speak for itself. I love that. Um, definitely. But I appreciate you for coming on so much. This is an amazing story and definitely wanted to just use this on my podcast for people who are in a position or who did go to I you know, N-A-I-A school and just really want some motivation. Um, I think your story is amazing and I appreciate you. Uh, so we out.
1: Appreciate it.